Hey guys, welcome back to the Fins to Forest podcast, running on to episode number 13, I believe, which is getting up there. We're slowly but surely putting the putting the miles on the podcast, so that's cool. Uh, but thanks for listening to this one. And we finally, after two flops of tournaments this year, have some at least better news about tournament results, but we'll get there in a second. But we're going to play... Uh, play. We're going to read multiple verses of the episode. Your verse of the day, I've got three or four of them, but they're not random. There's a reason I picked these, and it's because of the entire week of practice that I had leading up to Norris. I saw, I saw a video somewhere this week, and I think it was Steve Harvey's voice, reading a, a verse about sleep and how you shouldn't sleep too much. Well, we didn't sleep at all this week is what it felt like, so I figured these would be some appropriate voice, verses to start the episode with. So these all come from Proverbs. Proverbs 19.15. Laziness brings on deep sleep, and the shiftless go hungry. Proverbs 20.13. If you love sleep, you will end in poverty. Keep your eyes open. There will be plenty to eat. Proverbs 26.14-15. Like a door on its hinges, a lazy man turns back and forth on his bed. Lazy people are too lazy to lift the food from their plate to their mouth. And then, my favorite, Proverbs 6.9-10. How long... Will you lie there, you lazy person? This is what I asked myself when my alarm would go off at 3.30. When will you get up from sleeping? I would tell myself, you better get up right now. You sleep a little, you take a nap. You fold your hands and lie down to rest. Well, that's what I wanted to do about Sunday afternoon, about 1 o'clock. So, those four verses, and I'd never really paid much attention or heard verses on sleeping uh, in the Bible before, at least not sleeping too much. Those seem appropriate after this week. So, there you have it. Four verses of the day, all from Proverbs. Really, six verses, because some of them are more than one. Okay, so we've got two really, well, three, three things to talk about today. Uh, a trip to the lease that happened uh, last week. Uh, just getting caught up on some deer season prep there. The two BFL Norris tournaments and a trip that I'm leaving for on Monday morning, flying to Anchorage, Alaska. So we'll hit all those real quick today, and uh, yeah. Get caught up. So, um, first things first, let's do the lease trip first. That's, we talked about fishing the whole whole last episode. We'll talk about the lease. Uh, we went back a week after the trail cam video. If you saw the trail cam video on YouTube, uh, the trail camera check, that was a week before we went back to plant our summer food plots. So, initially, I had just started off by saying, well, I'm going to get, I'll get a bag of soybeans. I made a little handheld foot crimper that I saw them use on the growing deer TV page and thought, well, I'm going to go, I'll pick just a few little plots, a few little spots, and I'm going to try to just broadcast the seed and crimp it myself and just see, just to see if anything would grow. Uh, and then I told that plan to my uncle and to Roe, who's on the lease with us, who's been on that, that lease, that piece of property for over 20 years, I believe. And he, essentially said, well, I'll just bring, I'll bring the tractor and the bush hog and, and everything, and we'll just plant real food plots. And I thought that would be wonderful, which was, I was hoping he might say that. I wasn't counting on it, but I was glad that that was what he said. So we ended up going and we planted uh, two plots, planted our two biggest plots uh, in soybeans and corn. Now I know we may be a little bit later than you're supposed to plant, but better late than never. We haven't, since I've hunted that property, uh, we haven't planted summer plots. We just put in the fall and the winter plots. Uh, right before it, it always feels like right before deer season starts and so i'm excited to see how that ends up um, 
growing and panning out. We've got some some trail cameras on the plot, so it'll be cool just to see, you know, kind of like put together a little time lapse of sorts and just see how that those plots change and grow. So that'll be cool. It was a lot of walking because I had uh, I had just one of those little over the shoulder seed bags, the little seed cranks, whatever. Uh, and so we put out. We had. I had 100 pounds of soybeans, 20 pounds of corn, seed, and uh, we bought 400 pounds of triple 19 fertilizer and put every bit of it out with the hand spreader, which is great. I'm glad that it was it was cut and ready to be able to do that. Um, but anyways, so that was, that was fun. I, I checked some of the cameras when we were there, um, just the ones that we went around, but it had only been a week, so I wasn't really too concerned about that and there, there wasn't a whole lot on that amount of time but anyways uh so there won't be a trail camera check video from that trip but when i get back from alaska i have about a day maybe day and a half window day and a half window maybe from when i get back from alaska and when i go to new york um, Sorry. there's a wasp in the room uh-huh. that's dana she's saying peace she was sitting in the background, for those that can't see, she was sitting in the background, joining us for the podcast, but now there's a wasp in the room. She's allergic to wasps, so she's understandably concerned. I just killed one 10 minutes ago. I don't see it. I'm going to grab a shoe and be prepared. Oh, there it is. Got him. Got him. Okay. Drop my foot. I digress. So I've got a little bitty window between Alaska and St. Lawrence River where I could, where I'm hoping I can and run to um, run to the lease, check the cameras, just check on the plots, see how they've come up and um, hopefully it'll be good there. I did, I, I did go buy another camera. They had some on sale on Bass Pro, which is a perfect excuse for me to buy one and uh, put it in one of those spots where I may not, I'll probably won't even go back there and fool with checking it until the week before deer season starts and I'll probably check it that one time and I'll let it sit there all deer season and then go back and grab it in January and just see what's it's in a cool spot. It's it's a spot that doesn't hardly, if ever, gets hunted by any of us out there. Uh, but it's 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 a really, really cool spot. And I know that there'll be bucks that that cruise through there a lot in the fall. So that'll be interesting to see what what ends up on that camera over the course of the next oh seven or eight months. But anyways. So having summer plots in is exciting. That's a new thing for, for me, at least, to, to get to play with and experiment with. Um, so thank you to Roe for, for being willing to take a couple days. He brought, brought his tractor, plow, bush hog, disc, all that good stuff. It was just, it was just Roe and I that were out there. But anyways, uh, so that's the hunting news. Fishing-wise, Norris. So I practice on Norris. We had two BFLs, Saturday and Sunday. Uh, both of them three fish limit tournaments and I went back and listened I apologize that I sounded like I had just took speed I don't even know what speed is but if it makes you act and talk really fast that's probably an appropriate comparison here but that I was so wired up in the last podcast I realized you probably couldn't follow that or understand anything I was saying or talking about at all that's my bad you know when I mean you're just it's the night before tournament. You got all this stuff going on. You're trying to get everything organized and together, and you're just going mentally. You're just wound up. That was me, and you could definitely tell. So, anyways, to break down this a little bit, I practiced for four days. 
not, I didn't practice for a full day any of those days. I just had too much stuff that was going on at home uh, to spend four days practicing for a BFL. But uh, Tuesday morning, Wednesday afternoon, Thursday morning, Friday morning, uh, went and at least got to get on the water each of those four days. Tuesday was, Wednesday was all right. Thursday and Friday caught them really, really good. Uh, Friday especially. That three fish limit, my best three fish Friday weighed, and I know everybody's going to say this that when they were practicing, but best three fish Friday weighed right at about 10 pounds. I mean, we had some good ones. Uh, and Thursday didn't have that weight, but I was catching a ton of fish and caught a lot of keepers Thursday. Uh, Saturday, so Saturday's first tournament, Sunday's second, two completely different single days. I'm thinking, yeah, it's probably going to take 10, 11 pounds to win, is what I was guessing. Uh, it ended up taking eight fourteen, so it was it was a tough tough fishing day, which everybody knew it was going to be tough. It's Norris, it's the end of June, uh, but it was not easy. Um, and so Saturday, I weighed, I did weigh limit, nothing special. It weighed five six. I caught probably five or six keepers that day, um, but what I was catching them on was really really fun. And I caught more fish on this in practice than I did at the actual tournament day, uh, but just throwing you know a classic old rebel pop bar. and you had to fish this thing slower than smoke off a turd. I mean, you had to pop it and let it sit for I'm like five or six seconds counting slow, but they'd come and get it. And when they would eat it, they would have it sucked. I mean, down their throat, you could close it. It's why I mean, we close their mouth and you can't see it. So they were eating the pop bar really, really good. You just weren't getting a lot of bites on it, but they were mainly good ones. So I was catching fish around wood and just out schooling around bait. Uh, on a pawpaw, my is it my biggest fish? No, what? My smallest keeper, and a couple other fish. On Saturday, I caught on the pawpaw. My best fish, I caught uh, just Texas rigging a little. This is the Deep Creek Stump Thumper watermelon. Uh, threw these because I ran out of the watermelon brush hog. So brush hog, stump thumper, they're same thing. I do like these though because they they've got that garlic infused in them or built into them. I don't know how they do it, but that reeks when you open the package, which is great. Uh, anything watermelon, watermelon, watermelon green, watermelon gold, watermelon seed, green pumpkin, I threw all of them. Uh, Carolina rigging, I caught some Carolina rigging, none of those were keepers first day. All my keepers were either Texas rigging, a brush hog, a pop bar, but then my best fish, I actually caught the best one the first day on a jerk bait. So typically, if there's a fish that is gonna bite a jerk bait, I'm gonna try really hard to catch it. Uh, I love to throw a jerk bait. I love to throw a 110, a Mega Bass 110. It's probably my favorite, probably my favorite way to catch them. I mean, I say that about a lot of different things, but but really, I, jerk bait is top three of all time for sure for me. Uh, and so I, I've got one rod that's a super, super great jerk bait rod, and that's all it has tied on it. No joke. That's the only thing that rod ever has tied on it all year long. Because um, I'll always have it out. I just always tend... I always seem to find a way to throw a jerk bait. But what was really cool, and I, I know I explained this a little bit, but I'll explain it again. Because also, the reason if you would prefer to watch this online, uh, the podcast video last time I had, actually, I'm learning more about this whole video and an SD card crap. This one apparently is not formatted correctly. Because I can't upload any of the videos that I recorded on it the last podcast. I also... This, I don't know, six-year-old junk Mac 
deleted every single practice video I had because I had some dang good footage from practice. And I uploaded all of them, deleted them off the card. It said that they'd imported, and now I can't find them. So I'm trying to find them, but they're not where they've always been downloaded to. So I'm still working on that, which is really annoying. But whatever. It's okay. It's okay. Not mad. Not mad about it. Um, anyways, cameras have been giving me a little grief. This one seized up on me on Saturday afternoon. We already had our limit by then, so we got some good footage. But that one locked up on me. My other one wouldn't even turn on. My Hero 5, a newer camera, it's supposed to be the nicer camera, but you do just fine. Uh, it wouldn't even turn on on Saturday. So whatever. I'm having some trouble. We're figuring it out. We're getting through it. Probably just should buy new ones. But anyways, uh, I have no idea where I was going with that. Okay, so the tournament video is already up. The tournament video from Saturday is up. So I waited in 5-6. I think... I waited five, six, the cut line for the first day was six, nine. So we missed about a pound. Uh, but still, I mean, to have two pounders and get a check in a three fish tournament, no matter where you're at, that it was tough. Sunday, we had another, you know, I wouldn't even call us a train wreck on Sunday. You had almost half the field zero. I zero on Sunday. I caught, we caught a lot of shorts and I caught a dang good walleye that tasted phenomenal yesterday. Fried up in a little cornmeal, a little cornbread jiffy mix. Uh, with some vegetables and sweet potatoes, it was good. Good stuff. I was I was more excited about catching a three pound walleye than I would have been catching a, a single fourteen inch largemouth. I think. Uh, well, we didn't weigh fish on Sunday, and we finished thirty first. Technically, you had thirty guys that weighed fish, and then the entire rest of the field zeroed. It took. Now we sat in the fog for an hour and a half or so Sunday morning, so we did have a fog delay. I'm not saying that that's why I didn't catch them. I, I didn't catch them because I didn't catch them. Uh, but you lost an hour and a half in the morning, and uh, yeah, it was tough. It took 7-11 to win on Sunday. The top 10 cut was 4 pounds and 13 ounces. I'm pretty, it was a high 4 pounds. Got your top 10. So if anybody out there has never fished Norris, and you're thinking to yourself, I believe I might like to go fish Norris. It's end of June, early July, that sounds like the place to be. I would think again, and I would probably not come. I would stop anywhere else along the way, literally any other body of water that you come across. Fancy duck pond, uh, puddle, in a drainage ditch that's formed after a heavy rain. Uh, maybe go to a, I don't know, go to a, a bathtub that the water's just been sitting stagnant in for a while. That's where I would go and try to catch them if you're thinking about coming to Norris. And we caught a lot of fish, but we just couldn't. I mean, 10, 11, 12 inches. One thing that I did do in practice that didn't pan out at all during uh, the tournament was catch them out of marinas. I could not catch fish out of marina Saturday and Sunday to save my life, but there were a few, not a lot, uh, but, but we were able to get at least one or two fish to bite in each set of marina slips that I fished uh, on Thursday and Friday. One of them, because I had the freaking video of it before my computer deleted it, I hooked about a maybe a two-pounder, out of a marina and I looked down and I said, there's two or three with it. And I looked down again, there's five or six with it. And there was a wad of, of 10 or 12 fish that came out of the bottom. I mean, this, this bass had 15 to 20, maybe 25 following it. And that's the biggest bunch like that I've ever seen come out of, uh, come out from an arena following a fish or following a bass ever. Um, so that was really, really cool to see. That that was neat. I mean, and they were all two pounders except for one gigantic spot that I would love to know how much that fish weighed. 
But and you could just see he was just pulling up the rear. I mean, one that's one that you, is going to be about impossible to catch. But Friday it was stupid, or was it Thursday? Thursday it was dumb how they were biting the marinas because I was fishing with a friend of mine, Curtis, who Curtis let me borrow his bullet uh, to fish these this whole week with in these two tournaments because my skeeter is in the fiberglass shop. Hopefully it'll be done this Friday. And I can take it to go fish the Gary Lindsay firecracker tournament loud. But Curtis let me borrow his bullet and Curtis came and fished with me on Thursday afternoon. And we pulled into a set of slips. He catches a nice spot uh, in the first slip. I think I, I lost one out of the next slip, caught a huge striper out of the same slip. The spot came out of, I caught two big striper that day. And, uh, but we had one, there was one slip had a lift in it and there's four or five fish swimming around it. He got one to bite a swim bait, but it's the kind of thing that was so dumb. Like I flipped a shaky head on the lift and about a two pounder is like, oh yeah, looks good to me. Swims over there, takes it, swims off with it. And I'm like, you're not going to do that on Saturday. You're going to do that today, but you're probably not even going to be here on tournament day. And they weren't. I ran up there and I checked, but we spent all our time, all of our time was around Brogan's just that part general area of the clinch anywhere from oh anywhere from island f to brogan's is where i was at um did catch keeper out of stardust saturday coming in it was a little bit of an upgrade but i weighed five six so it wasn't that much of an upgrade but yeah it was i mean it's tough but it's it's fun we we were fortunate we had some really good weather in the week leading up to it. So at least it wasn't just miserable, hot and, and awful the entire time. So that was Norris. Both days were 25th in points, which is not stellar, but you know, we're not at any risk of not making the regional. Chickamauga is the next one. I don't know the days, but I know it's September. Uh, super tournament on Chickamauga. So that's a two day one if you make the top 10 cut, which is the plan. That should be really fun because it, it should be kind of tough. But definitely doable, and I, and I think that I I really like fishing the kind of way that I think we're going to be able to fish and catch them on on down there in September. So uh, looking forward to that for sure. But also cannot wait because I've started packing today to go to Alaska, and I know I've talked about this a lot, so I'm not going to harp on this much, other than the fact that I get to get to go. So the next podcast is actually going to have Grant Robinson, the one and only. Uh, with me doing that from probably his apartment in Anchorage. We may be, I don't know, we may have a whole table full of king salmon and halibut that we're filleting while we do the podcast. That'd be cool. But I know that's something I think we're fishing for. Halibut, lingcod, yellow black bass, if that sounds right, and uh, king salmon, I think is the plan. There's one of them we're not fishing for because apparently the harvest numbers were down this year, so they're, they're limiting it. They're limiting who can catch them and how many. So it might be, I want to say it might actually be king salmon. Let's see. Bad news. Yeah, king salmon. Closed just about everywhere due to low returns. So, but probably not king salmon fishing, but I don't, I don't really care what we fish for. I'm just going to be excited to be there. Got to get a virus test. Got to get tested for the Rona. Uh, going to do that tomorrow morning. Because you've got to be tested when you fly into Alaska. Otherwise, you've got to take a test when you get there and then quarantine until they give you your results, which we're not trying to do that. Um, so we're going to go get a test at the health department tomorrow. Hope that it gets there in time for Alaska. It's supposed to, so we'll see. That's the plan. Uh, because you can get it, you've got to have a test that was taken five days or less from when you arrive. 
But if it's less than 72 hours when you arrive, you don't have to quarantine, but you have to take another test when you get there. So that's fine. We can jump through the hoops. No big deal. So let me do my basic little run through my mind and make sure that I haven't forgotten anything. Gary Lindsay tournament this week. If anybody's about fishing from 7 to 7 the next morning, it's usually my favorite term of the year whenever we fish it. Uh, that's coming up this weekend. Should have the boat back in time. Cannot wait to get the boat back. I cannot wait to get my boat back and see what it looks like. Um, so the Smoky Mountain Fiberglass guys are, are saying that they'll probably be done with it Friday. Robbie Dunn, who lives up there in Maynardville near Big Ridge State Park, uh, if you ever need fiberglass work done, uh, it's fast. They got they got done really, really quick. So can't wait to see it. I'll have my, my, my babe back home, and we'll be ready to rock and roll. So thanks for watching the podcast. Check out the YouTube. Uh, you can go back if you haven't watched it already. The Norse video is up. Uh, you can see that first day. You can watch one slurp a pop bar. Because that's I didn't say that, but that's how they're biting it. It's like the Mayfly bite. Where they just come up and they just... Because the harder they bite it, the smaller the fish probably is. But those good ones, the ones in practice, and they're coming up and you're just like... That's a two and a half, three and a half pounders. So... It's nice. So anyways, thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. Thanks for checking out YouTube. Thanks for checking out the podcast. Next one, we'll be live on location in freaking Anchorage, Alaska. So that's the plan. And we'll see you then.